is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. May the 4th be with you. You're or, not a Star Or the Wars Toronto guy. Maple Leafs. <laughs> yeah. The Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> playing Star two. Wars Day. That's pretty good. It's not even written on my uh, lineup today. That just went right over Sammy's head. I thought for sure he'd go all cheese on me. I'm not, a dork, May 4th. I'm not a dork like you, like Star Wars, I guess. <laughs> Are you guys into that at no. all? I, Mark it down as the day Kiprios gets called a dork on the show for the first time ever. Oh, no. <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, my, my, my cousin's cousin on his mom's side. Sounds like some great John Tizanis. Yeah. Uh, ended up making us uh, a Star Wars home video. <laughs> I was like a a stormtrooper or something. Oh my god! I had to carry his brother, who was like makes sense because he couldn't shoot. I, I had to carry his brother, who was a R two D two. Like we made a, a a costume out of like I think a washer and dryer like cardboard <laughs> machine. And get this, that'd be worth a lot of money. Now we we ended up like. Filming a good portion of it at like City Hall, like we had just like what walked into City Free Hall. Free rain walked into City Free Hall, dressed like a stormtrooper, and just start filming. People are going up and down, and get charged with seditious conspiracy. Oh, try try do that doing now. that today. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. No, Might not be a at couple all. Of questions asked on the way in. How old? How old are you? Twelve. Oh, you and there was a show now. on huh? Global. You get away with that. Now. You Listen. walk into City Hall dressed up with a video camera. Yeah, I'm skeptical. With a bunch of kids dressed as Star Wars, you wouldn't get in trouble. By the way, describe the size of the equipment you needed to film it. Then, and was it bigger than your cell phone? It, it was actually one of those things. That, oh you know, no, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was like the flash that they like pulled. Like, <laughs> Change the film. The film fell off the reel. You had to wind it back up. <laughs> That's oh my god! I would pay a lot of money. To yeah, that. that's worth a lot to this show. If so, if Mama Kip can pull so that out. Back somewhere. then, there was a show called uh, on Global. That's life, and they actually came and covered it. Uh, and if you go on the internet, you could actually find that segment of you dressed in as a super trooper. Of me, or, sorry, stormtrooper. Of I don't know what I was. I, I just know I had uh, no speaking parts. <laughs> Thanks, John. No speaking parts. Yeah. But there's a clip a where you could see me. You could find me. Uh, it's delightful. And I hope maybe it's uh, erased by now. Strangest show of all time today because we're talking Kip and Star Wars. Yes. And later we have on an actor from Air Bud. <laughs> this is and almost MVP. off the rails Friday. Yeah, this is teetering on the rails Thursday. We have, well, yeah. We're one day removed from uh, the sheer craziness of a, of a Friday, but we do have Mike Kelly, hockey analyst, uh, NHL Network, Sports Logic on the show in about uh, 15 minutes. We're going to get some numbers out of him, aren't we? No, probably. Do we care? Uh, yeah, we care. Yeah. I want to hear, like, First of all, the craziness of road tra- uh, road teams winning and just the comfort zone of doesn't yeah. matter anymore. Yeah. 33 and 19. What? Road teams? And the first that number is scary. That is staggering. Wow. Scary. In about uh, 45 minutes, Dale Talon, former NHL player, of course, and general manager of the Blackhawks and the Panthers. He's going to join us here. He has always uh, been just this... Great guy to talk to, yeah. often on the air, and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that as well. Me too. 
And then uh, Kevin Zegers, Canadian actor from Ontario, doing the thing out in L.A. Mm-hmm. Loves the Leafs. Like, loves them. Like Sammy loves them. Like, yeah, like Sammy. Yeah. Like Sammy. So we're going to get him on and get his thoughts out of uh, California and that whole, that that small pack of uh, those, those actors or you know, celebrities who are... Celeb vibes these days. Just, Snoop Dogg. Oh, yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Who's oh, the other no, one no, for sure. Snoop Dogg. Uh, who else were they Oh, with? I think I think uh, The Rock's back just, in there. Just The Rock. Right? Ottawa Senators. <laughs> the Senators are owned by The Rock and okay. Snoop Dogg. Did anyone tell... So, Sno- someone, just, someone just tweeted me and said it took two seconds to st- find the Star Wars City Hall video. <laughs> Two seconds? <laughs> oh, my God. The, the internet is an Did unforgiving send it place. To you? Kip, yes. I'm watching it as we speak. No, you're that's, not. That's how quick. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you're, you're, one of those you're, guys. you're the one there, with the broad shoulders. Yeah. That oh. is just, Okay, stop it. I made a horrible mistake. Can we uh, start the show over again? Can we have a, Can I get a mulligan, please? That's Life Global TV. Is that... I, I got to find you. Okay, stop it now. Okay. Just focus on your work. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm just all in on this video. <laughs> focus in. on your work. Okay, so we do have a terrific show. And yes. I really hope, I, I really regret uh, mentioning uh, May 4th. Yeah, well, you know, here we are. Life happens. I, I seen the first three Star Wars I got there, so boring. Big Lord of the Rings guy. Okay, focus. Anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. Focus. <laughs> now, let me ask both of you, just right off the top. Where we get into all the nuts and bolts here. Yes. Where are we on on the Leafs needing to leave on a split? Well, I don't think if they lose, they can't win the series. I'm not going to call it a must win. I'm not going to be dramatic. But I do think that, you know, this is... This is pivotal for just, like, allowing them to play their game without panicking. You know, once you start panicking, I worry Sheldon will start doing some weird things with the lines or guys start to squeeze their stick. Their chances with winning tonight, obviously, just allows them to play a little bit more free. And I know it didn't work out in game one, but, I mean, it's big. It's an important game. So, yeah, I I woke up with the nerves today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm I, back. More I, dire for you than I painted I, it. I don't like Owen two going down there. Well, no. And on one hand, you we just mentioned moments ago that there seems to be a huge comfort zone of playing on the road, and it's not like the Leafs can't do what they did against Tampa Bay. That's not impossible. I, I'm not sure it's probable, but it's not impossible. But when you just watched where Florida is in their mindset or their confidence. Do you really expect a team that just beat our, our, our first of all on a four game winning streak against Boston, 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 Toronto? Pretty good. And do you envision them now like slamming on the brakes and losing four out of five games? Yeah. If, if, if the Leafs lose tonight, it would be a uphill climb, man. Yeah, it's. You know, they, they are starting to find it, and really a team like this, once they start to get confident, they're a different team than what you would have seen in November or December because of that. So, yeah, no, that uh, that would be problematic to say the least. What is interesting, I thought, is we have some Paul Maurice quotes. We have lots of good stuff here, as always. But, you know, we t- you wrote about Kachuk today. 
I did, yeah. And we talked about him extensively yesterday. Yeah, and I'm, I'm still with where I thought that the Leafs should find themselves winning this series and still at uh, 1-1. Very in a very good spot mm-hmm. if they go down one one in terms of carrying a little bit momentum and having the comfort zone of going in there and winning two if not three games. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all in on that. But he's turned himself into an issue real quick here for the Leafs, and it's not yeah. like I think you're you're looking at Tampa Bay and and covering two good lines and uh, a fourth line that comes with. Uh, a big thorn in your side. Like mm-hmm. this is now really, I'm looking at maybe one or two key guys. The Leafs should focus on negate a little bit and, and have a much better chance of success. For sure. And and yesterday on the show, I made the case that that line has been awesome. Chuck had three points, but you know, when you looked at it, it's like I said, as I said yesterday, it's Nick cousins. Like I'm not saying Nick's a bad player, but he's not a first line guy in my opinion. And then, you know, Bennett is a different type of guy, right? He's physical. He's yeah. whatever. He's a, he's a good player. Yeah. I don't know if he's in first-line center. He's good. Very good. That line yeah, that line in game one had eight scoring chances to the least three. Anyway, I want to play Paul Maurice talking about that line because it's kind of how I feel about them. Kachuk's awesome. It's a great line, but let's let Maurice talk about it. Well, they just play, and then everybody's got two arms and two legs. <laughs> so... I don't think that this is the greatest line in the history of the hockey. I think we're in Toronto. They had three points. So the puck's going to... Like, I, if they break the puck out better against that line, they're, gonna, they're not just saving it for that line and say, hey, let's not break the puck out well against... It's going to be the whole focus of what they try to do and then what we try to do. And I'll move that line around a fair amount. Verhage may be on the wing tonight. Like, we all do that, right? We move our guys around a little bit. I... I they're going to, their game two game first period, they scored within a minute on the power play and got rolling face-off goal by Tavares. Then they scored a six-on-five Nylander down the side. They came out hot, and that's what they're going to try to do tonight. And, uh, you know, our game two after a loss, we were really good in the first period against Boston too, so the advantage is Toronto right now, right? They get a little more fire. Our, our job is to go out and reestablish our game. How about this guy? The advantage is Toronto. Like, okay, I'm not liking Paul Maurice being so honest, but it's not dripping with any like arrogance at all. I know. The Where's the sarcasm? The difference between him and John Cooper for me is that he doesn't seem like Listen. it's phony to me. Like, there's not one part of what he's saying. Well, I don't. There's I, times. Listen, <laughs> I, I wouldn't classify John Cooper as a phony. Some of the stuff he says is a little bit phony. He's not a phony, but some of the stuff he says could be a little well, bit Well, he's, phony. yeah, there's he's a, a little bit, yeah. there's a, a, a method to his madness a lot more, I think, than what we just heard from he Paul Maurice. He seems way more sincere, way more of an open book. Like, he did another 12 minutes this morning. I do he, think he wants to paint them as not. He, he came close to saying, that line's not that good, guys. Well, <laughs> 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 they got two arms and two legs. They did okay, like, you know. But it's interesting Mid. him noting that the Leafs will try to break out better. You wonder if they'll read ahead of that and try to do some different things against their breakout. It's a bit of a chess game with coaches. I am curious to see how the Panthers play it. Once you get the win and the other yeah. team starts to tinker. I, I don't think that that's lending towards uh, giving away state secrets. Nothing when, there? No, well, come on. Not to throw uh, off topic here, but you know, a lot was made out of uh, – 
Edmonton and Vegas last night with the mm-hmm. cross checks on on Stone. Yeah. And, you know, whether or not the, the local station really poured gasoline on the fire by leaking the footage of him struggling and that added to all of it. Yeah, they reported a player injury. That seems like their job. Okay. Anyway, like, anyway. Uh, uh, I know, but I but my point is, are are you... Like, you weren't going to go after a guy that had major surgery anyways. You weren't going to do it. You you didn't have knowledge of that. No different than maybe a different breakout against a line that's a great forechecking. Again, no state secrets were given away by a local station to now go after Mark Stone. Yeah, I'm sure they wouldn't have cross-checked Mark Stone. Yeah, yeah. Like right? He's standing in front of the net. We won't cross-check him unless we know his back is hurt. Like, and Gerard Gallant was the one who said, there's no secrets in the NHL anymore. You know, like, they, they got their people. If it wasn't the news station cameras that were there, you don't think anyone's watching Vegas's morning skate from the Oilers? Yeah. It, they are. So, no concerns there. Lineup changes. Yes. Lafferty in. Yeah. Laff- Aston Reese out. Yeah, that's. I mean, I know. You, Is that I mean, enough? I want. I want you guys to hear Keith talk about this. Okay. Love uh, it. Yeah. Got a lot of pace to his game, and we think that 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 can help. Um, you know, uh, that's really it. To be honest, I'm just kind of looking at uh, to keeping him involved. You know, uh, obviously when we first sat he and Aston Reese together when we went eleven and seven. Uh, it didn't intend to keep him out this, you know, for the two games, but that's just the way that it worked out. You know, um, having Bunting back in the mix, you know, changes the dynamic of that line a little bit. And, uh, you know, so the speed factor is one thing. Getting Kerfoot back on the left side is one thing. So it's just, you know, kind of looking at all those different factors and, and making a decision to get him in. I thought at this point that Lafferty had a chance to, be a more impactful player. Yeah. I almost saw him as a guy that that couldn't kind of be treated like Yarncrock. Yeah. Where he can go up Could and down the lineup. And I would almost have envisioned him having spot duty with Austin and, and Mitch. But it it hasn't happened. You know... Maybe he hasn't been comfortable here, like nervous and wants to make a good first impression, is working, skating, whatever. Let me ask you, do you remember a play where Sam Lafferty has had the puck? Like just where he's carried it through the zone? Yeah, not a ton. Not, I don't have one. And I'm not just saying that. I don't yeah. remember one play. Outside of like chips, he'll chip it into the zone, he'll get did, on it, and he'll did, hit. Did he not, when we watched Chicago come in here prior to the trade? Do he you remember? Scored. Do you remember, like, he was a lot more noticeable, and I think he did carry the puck a yeah. lot more, but, I mean, pro- probably in Chicago, than yeah. he had, had here. Someone has to have the puck and score on the Chicago Blackhawks, right? Like, it's a di- completely different role. Whatever him. it is, and, and but since coming here, you know, I feel like people, you go from a bad team to a really good team that's established, and you don't want to be the mistake guy, and so you keep it overly simple, like, wouldn't hate seeing him hang on to the puck here and there but i think it might be too late for that we're in the second round of playoffs and he's just going to go bang it up i do think it's interesting that it doesn't seem like justin hall's coming back in like only because are him and lilligren basically interchangeable and how long do you ever want anyone out for who has been an important piece and will be an important piece i i just think that lilligren has looked just adequate more fleet of foot just 
taking the puck north a little bit. I don't bit. disagree. I, uh, and I think that, I mean, I love Paul on the penalty kill, yeah. but I just think it was too much in the spotlight of how bad he was for a stretch there that it's it's hard to put him back in unless there's another glaring mistake or an injury or something. Yeah. I never thought I'd kind of find myself in this situation of thinking about 11 and 7 for them in game two, but I was mm. leaning towards it. You were. I was. Just an extra defenseman for a blue line right now where multiple guys are searching a, to, to find their game. Mm-hmm. And I include Brody, include McCabe, and Giordano. Yeah. I thought maybe a, a, a Gustafson coming in for spot duty would kind of reinforce uh, those guys to go, hey, listen, uh, some of my ice time's uh, being threatened here. And the other one was 11 forwards to build around Marner and Matthews, just getting the the tar played out of them. You know, I like like 11 and 7 here in that you're right. Like those top guys get a lot. You can't line match when you're 11 and seven, which maybe it makes more sense on the road, but cause you're always juggling, right? Like you're getting Matthews out there with the bo- bottom two guys. You're getting Marner out there. You get different looks with that, which I like. I do worry about having 11 forwards this early in a round where, you know, you can wear guys out. And I know they played a ton in the first game, but you know, you are saying those guys are going to play more. You look at the Oilers last night; they go eleven and, ten, and, and lose Yarn Cross or sorry, Yarn Yanmark, Yanmark, right off the top, and so they're ten forwards. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, I, I like it too. From the D perspective, in particular, because Giordano for me has been a major struggle point. McCabe's interesting that you mentioned him. Not a good game one, but otherwise, I've liked his playoffs. All right, well, but we'll get into that after we listen to Sheldon Keefe on uh, on Brody and McCabe. Like everybody else, minimize mistakes. You know, uh, those guys have had tough matchups and have defended really well. You know, if you look at anything with them, I think their their issues would be similar to our team in a lot of ways, where things have not gone well. Which is that just not spending enough time on offense, and uh, that would really, really be it. That's impacting them. You know, they're defending too much, which is wearing them down, um, and not on the offensive side nearly enough. So they can't get any positive momentum. They can't get going that way. And it, you know, it impacts their, their numbers and all those kind of things pretty dramatically because the offense just hasn't been there defensively. They actually haven't given up very much uh, more than anything they ever gave up in the regular season. But, you know, look at their numbers and as a whole, it's, it looks bad, but it's, it's uh, offense is lacking. And that's an issue for our whole team. That's an interesting fadeaway comment. It it just feels like, well, they haven't spent enough time in the offensive zone for seven games in the playoffs. Yeah. And we're talking about a team that usually cycles really well and They're, just yeah. top five possession team to... usually. And they haven't had possession in playoffs. Right? They don't think they've won the possession yeah. battle well, in the I, game yet. I can't recall a game where I've seen Mitch Marner not handle the puck as much mm-hmm. as he usually does or likes to. Uh yep. He did not get enough touches for me. Yeah, that's going to be key for them. I, I truly believe that. Like, you know, the creating offense element of it is good defending as well. And for sure, Marner's one of those guys that 
can have the puck. I get these sport logic numbers at the end of every game, and it's usually top three guys on on each team with just ozone possession time. Yeah. And it's usually Marner, you know, minute yeah. and a half, he'll have the puck in a game, and he's been, you know, under a minute for a couple games. So a few more touches for him would go a long way. I also think that Brody has played a lot with Morgan Riley, someone who breaks the puck out pretty well. You know, McCabe maybe not helping him in that regard as much. So it's a, it's a challenging matchup. Those guys have been hard, handed a, a hard challenge. All right, let's go to the head coach on responding tonight. You can't help but to do that. Obviously, that's not what we want to do. You'd like to be up one nothing and all of that, uh, but you have been through it, so you have the confidence with that. You can't just you can't just lean on that. You can't just expect that it's going to happen. We have to prepare uh, differently, you know, in the sense that it's a different opponent, make different adjustments, and discuss different things, and put the focus in different areas. But uh, yeah, the mindset. And the confidence that comes from having found our way back and to get the split here at home and then get it on the road and do the job on the road, like all those things certainly give the group confidence. But, you know, you've got a team on the other side here now. When you get into round two, it's the difference. The other team on the other side, they've dealt with all sorts of different things and, and done really well and found their way through it. So the challenge becomes greater in that regard. So we're not uh, certainly uh, settling for the fact that it, because it happened before, it's going to happen again. You got to get out on the ice and make it happen. So, so prior to the, uh, all right, we'll pick that up that conversation uh, because we got uh, Mike Kelly joining us now. Mike, how are you, man? Thanks for joining us. Happy to do it, Kipper. I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, we're doing okay. We just uh, just doesn't seem to be much rhyme to, uh, rhyme or reason in this first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, from Boston dropping out from the Rangers, uh, the Islanders, all these number one goalies all of a sudden disappearing to this incredible run of road wins. Um, But you tell us where you want to start with some of the numbers that don't add up for you uh, uh, coming out of the first round. The road is, is really interesting. Um, it's what 600 plus percent winning percentage on the road, right? Uh, so far in the playoffs, mm-hmm. 33 um, and 19. I think, yeah. Not bad. Not yeah. bad. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's funny. Cause I remember when the Leafs series started thinking, I think the best thing for them would be to start on the road just for that one team, because of all the ghosts and the demons and, and the pressure and all that. Um, and, you know, they, they found their way, and that was great, and, and they went a series. Uh, but I think that was true probably maybe for a couple teams. But then as you go, like, you know, I was I was working with Bruce Boudreau at the NHL Network um, uh, earlier this week talking about the road and, you know, where would you rather be on a game seven? He said, oh, the road's a good place to be in games like that. You don't have the stuff at home to deal with. You don't have the stuff in your city to deal with. Um, remember talking to guys on the Avalanche last year about game five at home when they could have won the cup on their home ice. And, you know, some of them saying, you just want the game to be over before it starts. Everybody's acting like you've already won. So I think there's something to it. I mean, what do you, when you guys were playing in big games in your career, I'm sure you must have felt a little bit at ease being on the road, even though you don't have your, your own fans in front of you. I'm sure the Leafs are, you know, experiencing the pressure factor, right? Like just being here too, it's supposed to be easier, supposed to win. Uh, there's a, a lot of jockeying that goes on from the coaches of both teams trying to paint teams as the underdog and save yourself the pressure. You know, one of the things when there is pressure is, you know, guys play a little tighter. They maybe create a little bit less. And this Leafs offense has not looked like it did in the regular season 
Um, they they just don't seem to be, I guess, maintaining possession as much. Mike, what are you what are you seeing, or what are your thoughts on the Leafs' offense here in the postseason? Yeah, the, I've I've watched a lot of games that they've lost um, where they, they've kind of had more than their opponent, and mm-hmm. you know they, they were they were around the same as Florida last game. Like I, I thought that game for a number of different reasons could have gone. Uh, in any direction, like Toronto had some power play opportunities at the start of the game. They had some really good looks. You know, one or two of those goes in. Does it play out differently? Um, Bobrovsky makes some big saves. There's some um, you know, defensive coverage issues on some Toronto goals, and, and it goes Florida's way. So you play that game again, and it could end up being a different result. I didn't think one team was overly the better team necessarily. So um, I'm not overly concerned. Like, you know, one of the guys I was hearing a lot of talk about the last couple of days is Nylander, and who can be a bit of a lightning rod, but um, he hasn't scored in five games. But he's got some, in terms of what he's creating, he's creating a ton of offense. Um, and eventually, you know, good players, these things start to go in the way that they should. And that's been Florida's story. Like, Florida all year was creating tons of chances and, um, you know, goal probability, all that stuff you could get into. It was way up at the top of the league, and they were middle of the pack in scoring. Well, it all started to come together uh, towards the end of the year since the trade deadline on, especially. And now we're watching what they're doing in the playoffs. So today I wrote uh, on on Matthew Kachuk uh, uh, in my weekly uh, article for the Toronto Star, and the one of the things that I stressed is that this time of year, it, it seems like the ice shrinks for a lot of these stars, and mm-hmm. he seems to thrive because he can handle uh, tight areas where he can make plays. His hands are soft, high IQ um, in in very uh, uh, you know busy areas, and I'm just wondering if the numbers that you see in the playoffs compared to what you see in the regular uh, season uh, supports that. Does it look to you that it's obvious that uh, the room tightens up for, for guys in general, or is, am I making too much out of that? No, you're bang on. Um, A couple of years ago in the off season, I did a a research project with a coach and uh, you'll be shocked at what he asked. It consisted of uh, two words for the playoffs. What wins? So um, one of the things I looked at was the differences in playoff hockey versus regular season hockey. And this is a debate that I have with people who do my kind of work uh, often. And a lot of people think there's really no difference. And, and I don't believe that at all. I think there are huge differences. So one of the things I could prove is dump-in rates go up. So there's less off the rush, less carry in the puck. Um, puck battles go up. So everything that you're talking about, Kipper, there, there is truth in that. And then this is where a player like Matthew Kachuk, it, you're, it's just going to shine a light on all these things he does so well. Like you talked about making plays under pressure. Uh, he's one of the best. He's so good and his hands are good. And that's probably the thing maybe because of, you know, the, the running around and the yapping and all that that can get overlooked. And he's overrated. One of, better, better, one of the better playmakers in the league. Um, like, yeah, we know he goes to the net and he scores and all that too. Like you watch the playmaking ability of this guy. He gets behind the net. He's finding guys in the slot. He's absorbing contact, making plays, initiating, um, super, super skilled for sure. So you mentioned that the Panthers sort of expected numbers were better than their real numbers for a large portion of the season. Is it safe to say that you think this Panthers team is 
Um, I guess better than most people assume, like not a 92 point team, but probably somewhere between there and their president's trophy season. Yeah, I think so. And like, I'm not going to act like I've known that all along. I think um, I I remember I said this uh, during the winter classic. So right at the start of January, because I was standing on a fake baseball diamond set. um, I thought they were dead, thought they were done. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I kind of given up. It's like, it's been a few months and none of the stuff's coming back to the middle here. So maybe there's something going on that I, I can't understand, but they're, they're, they're doing it offensively now, kind of scoring what they should be and, and more, um, defensively, they've, they've still got their warts. And I think Toronto is going to, uh, find ways to exploit that. And this is going to be a great series because of it. So, um, I don't think either team should love the way they played defensively in the first game, but Toronto's going to get its looks all series. And Bobrovsky, you know, if he stands on his head, it'll be tough, but um, he's going to face a lot of a lot of tough shots too. So there's ways to beat them. Um, I thought in the first game that, that Kachuk Bennett Cousins line was unbelievable, and uh, beyond that, you know, Toronto kind of won the rest of the matchups. So find a way to do something with Kachuk. Um, you know, one thought is match up a, a left winger against him. Um, maybe move O'Reilly to the wing and, and make his matchups harder. Find a way to do that. I think they'll be in good shape. That's interesting that you say that, uh, you know, O'Reilly or Tavares on the wing. It just seems like there's a forever battle for Mitch Marner. I, had, I referred to him earlier in the season as the whisperer. You need something, you know, <laughs> something's not right with Tavares and Nylander. Put Marner there. Sometimes it's uh, the opposite uh, where Matthews goes a couple of games uh, without scoring a goal. You're going to stick uh, Marner back up there. But I'm just wondering now, this time of year, if, if you guys ever follow a coach's uh, ability to change lines, how often, how many different combinations of lines you see from the start of the game or the uh, the end of the game and and whether or not uh, there, there are numbers that support it or actually uh, say it's detrimental if you start uh, getting the bingo-bangle balls out uh, too much or too early. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, for me it would be uh, kind of dependent on each individual situation. Um, one team could move lines more uh, or less and be more or less effective based on who was on that team, but... Um, you know, 11 and seven is an interesting one because Edmonton's gone to it. Right. And Edmonton wins a lot more when they roll out 11 and seven than they do 12 and six. I think that's probably one of the reasons why they've, they've gone to it. Toronto has kind of flirted with it a little bit. We've seen Tampa Bay have success with it in years past. Um, That's an option for, for the Leafs, obviously, if they want to go that route, but in terms of moving guys around, you're right. Like anytime you move somebody with, with Marner, it seems to have, a positive effect. Um, although, you know, Marner, when he was with Tavares and Yarncroke last game, uh, that line was get in like three minutes. That line got beaten up pretty bad. And it set the whole tone to be quite frank with you. Yeah. I, I thought, uh, first of all, it was a bad decision to have three non-physical guys go try to confront the like of Bennett and, and Kachuk. And then, mm-hmm. You know, even um, Sheldon talked after that. Uh, once I was able to change the lines, it, it seemed like we got going. But spotting them one nothing on on that that decision was tough to watch. Yeah, yeah. In hindsight, it might have been the wrong one, right? Um, the, the, entirely possible. So that, that's why I think it's going to be interesting in this game. Is like, what do you do? Like, 
you know, I think bunting in spurts might be able to have some success against Kachuk because maybe you could just annoy him a little bit. Like, I don't think you're, yeah. you're going full matchup mode on it, but um, there's examples in years past in the playoffs where teams have put a guy, a good defensive guy on a, on a score on somebody who's given them trouble. And you can't stick with it for seven games because great offensive players figure it out. Right. But if you can, Hey, here's a couple shifts of bunting. I'm going to sprinkle at you just to kind of piss you off a little bit. I'm going to give you some O'Reilly now sprinkle it around a little bit. Um, yeah, that's probably the best chance you give yourself, but you know, Kachuk seems to kind of do what he wants to, uh, to anybody these yeah. days. So uphill battle. You know, I, I kind of like, and this is, you know, you don't need to weigh in on this as, as much, Mike, but I kind of like if they do bunting Matthews Marner and then go ahead and do your Kerf, Kerfoot, Tavares, Nylander, uh, Nyes, Achari with O'Reilly. You know, like I like that third line. They've been good. Anyway, so the, yeah, I, I think that's not such a bad idea and go with the Matthews line head to head against them. Um, let's take it to some of the other series. I know you kind of pay attention to everything around the league. Mike, last night, the Oilers lose six to four in their season or sorry, series opener uh, against Vegas. How do you think these two teams stack up? I know one game's not going to give us all the answers we need, but how do you think they stack up in general? So I was coming in, I picked Vegas like narrowest of margins. This is going to be such a close series, but um, special teams like Edmonton's power play, it's what 60% or something in the playoffs. Like I wonder, I wonder how the other 40% killed it. It's so good. (laughs) I know it's crazy. Um, So like, and, and Vegas, special teams have never been great. And their penalty kill isn't. So is that enough, you know, maybe on its own? It wasn't last night. They, they got beat up pretty bad at five on five. And that, that to me is where this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Can Edmonton keep pace five on five, knowing they'll win the special teams battle? Um, not even necessarily win five on five, but just make it close. And they couldn't in game one. Um, when, when Connor and Leon were on together, they won every metric you want to win. Um, when they were not on uh, together, it was a beating. So uh, that, what do you do? Uh, that's going to be interesting. I think some of the depth defensemen in Edmonton got, uh, got beat up a little bit too. Um, and Skinner had really bad numbers from the first round. Like they won, but his numbers weren't good. He had a slow start and then he was pretty good the rest of the way. So um, not throwing him under the bus or anything, but I'm just kind of keeping an eye on that situation also. Um, Edmonton, can, they can do it. Uh, Leon was unbelievable. Connor had a good game too. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, and they've had depth scoring in the first round from other guys. They, they need that in this series. Mike, if we look at uh, the regular season as well, uh, Edmonton, I think, won three out of four against Vegas. But all the games were high scoring. So uh, it certainly favors uh, Skinner if he lets in a bad goal or even two. There's plenty of room to recover mm-hmm. here. But is there anything out of the numbers that could suggest that they can also tighten it up here? Or is this going to come down to the, the last shot wins? It might. Um, there's no question that Vegas is the better defensive team. Uh, Vegas is one of the better defensive teams in the league. Like their, their D is big. They're mobile. They've got reach. And it's really hard to get inside um, against that team. Now, if anybody can do it, it's Edmonton, right? So that's the, that's the yin and the yang of it. Um, but Edmonton is not quite as good defensively as Vegas is and they can both score. So yeah, I think high scoring for sure. Like Brassois has been good. Uh, no question. He benefits from playing on that solid defensive team with their structure, but neither one of these guys are proven elites. Um, 
Although I guess the counter argument to that is all the proven elites are pretty much done. Uh, So it'll be, it'll be, I expect high scoring for sure. Um, Game ones can always kind of be funny that way because these teams try to figure themselves out, but uh, it would, uh, it would not surprise me if we're looking at six plus um, in a lot of these games. Last one for me, Mike, we got two Canadian teams left in it. They're both down. Oh, one, which team has the better (laughs) chance of making the conference finals? Say this for two reasons. Number one, we're talking Toronto radio right now. (laughs) I know your audience. Uh, Know your opponent. And I I, I think Vegas is tough. I'm not going to say Edmonton can't do it, but um, I like Toronto. So I'd still, I I think they can get it done against Florida. Um, I want to see them both go on. Obviously I think the whole country does like if that's the Stanley cup final, uh, this is going to be a lot of fun being in Canada. No kidding. Okay, Mike, one last one here, and we're going to end it on a positive uh, for the Toronto Maple Leaf fans listening. Okay, you got you to tell us what the numbers uh, support that Bobrovsky can't keep up what we saw in game <laughs> <Jeez>. one. <laughs> uh, Bobrovsky, can he keep up what we saw in game one? Uh, I think Toronto's going to get to him in game two. I think the Leafs win this game. Like I said, they, they created a lot of good looks. Um, that game, I think in some ways could have gone kind of one way or the other, but Brovsky's goal saved above expected. It was better than zero. Can you do it again? It's tough. Um, Leafs get a W and they score four. All right. It's been two, three games in a row. So there they're you due. Go. Like Sammy's it. applauding right now. <laughs> Mike, great stuff. Thanks for doing this for us. Hey, anytime guys have fun today. That's Mike Kelly, hockey analyst specializing in analytics for the NHL network and sport logic. Yes. When am I supposed to do this pizza pizza thing? Is it now? Pizza Nova, sorry. Ooh, Pizza Nova, my bad. Pizza, pizza Nova, by the way, the Bourne family orders every week. Wonderful, wonderful slice. I don't have the reads. So. <laughs> okay, well, we ate a bunch of Pizza Nova today. It was absolutely but delicious. I hope the Leafs show up better than your read just did. <laughs> I don't have a read. I know we're supposed to talk about Pizza Nova, and we should because it's delicious they brought, pizza. They brought pizza, Legit. yeah, that, which was great for the group. Well, yeah, but the the morning crew ate all of it. Like I came, in, I came in and it was like you know dust so bunnies. Why are we mentioning it? it then? Well, I got a couple slices at least. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunks eating a whole pie on his couch right now somewhere <laughs> at home. He just walked out with a box. They usually have like chicken bites and all this stuff. And if you it buy was... a dip, they uh, they give it to charity or something. Yeah, fifty know. cents from every dip. I literally do not have a read, but fifty cents from every dip goes to what, Derek? Uh, Variety Village. Variety there Village. you go. Beautiful. We appreciate that genuinely. And I, I, Sorry to make I love half it, light of it. They're on line three saying those three knuckleheads. I don't ever want reading or <laughs> pretending to read. You about dip, us I ever dip, again. we all dip for variety. I dip, you dip, we all dip for variety. <laughs> okay, Sammy, what else can you butcher? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be go, doing that go, again. Go two for two. <laughs> I'm not going to butcher this, baby. All right, it's time for playoff picks presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds. All right, so like we've been talking about for the first 40 here. The Leafs and Panthers get back underway tonight, and you can bet on the series correct score after four games. Oh, you're going to make a ton then. So, you got game one right. So what oh, yeah. But what do you think is the most likely outcome after four games? Florida 4-0, ugh. Florida 3-1, tie 2-2, or Leafs 3-1, Kipper? Okay, hold on. After when? After the fourth, After the fourth game, game of the series. Mm-hmm. What will the... The series. Where will the series be? Yeah. Yeah, 2-2. Two, two. Feels like a pretty strong 2-2 two, two lean here. Okay. 
So that is the favorite at plus 125. If you think the Leafs are going to kind of turn it on here, it's uh, plus 425 for 3-1. And, you know, if you think the Leafs are really going to blow it, plus 900 for a sweep. So mm. if, Tonight, you're, if you're a real Leafs hater, that might be a bet for you. I don't, uh, I don't love betting on the Leafs because I'm already emotionally invested. Like, I never bet on Tiger Woods to win golf tournaments because I was rooting for him anyway. I got nothing out of it. But so tonight I have the Dallas Stars in regulation mm-hmm. as well as a Mitch Marner assist. That okay. little parlay there, I believe, is 180, 188, something like that. So Okay. And I got a couple, uh, a couple other ones for you here. Uh, feels like a big Austin Matthews night tonight. He, you know, he's had a ton of looks in game one. Didn't cash any of them in. He hasn't scored. He went a goal, a game without scoring a goal. If you want, if you like Austin Matthews to get two goals tonight, two or more, it's plus four fifty. Feels like a spot where he kind of puts the team on his back. The and second can do I it. see he's got Mitch on his line, I'm, I'll bet that. Okay, so there you go. So that and just to bring it back, one last thing. It's an excellent spot again tonight for the happiness hedge to bet the, on Florida for the straight up bet on the Florida Panthers, who they are a. Pretty sizable underdog tonight against the Leafs. It's plus 170. Yeah. So prior if- to this series starting, I did mention to you guys that in, in the first five, seven minutes, just the start will go a long way for me to, to suggest if this thing has a chance to be short or not. And it does. Like, <laughs> like, can they just start well? Have a good first period. Is, is that over seven? Over even I'll take seven to ten minutes of yeah. a really good start, where it's clear that they've brought their A game, and they're ready to go. What is with this team, and just looking so apprehensive to it, start? It's I don't know. I, I mean, Justin Cuthbert talked about this yesterday in the morning show, but it's a great point that it's the starts of seasons, the starts of playoffs, the starts of games, like. It starts of things. They've always had this weird. Yeah, work their way in. It's really weird. They, like, they don't jump off the diving board. They wade in inch by inch yeah, with their arms up like, like a me. monkey That's in what the I water. Do. That's what I do. I go in I'm like, oh, it's a little chilly. I get in slowly. Like, it's weird. Right? You think about the start Just of this jump season. In. Jump in. Think about the start of this season. Yeah. Think about I, the start of the playoffs. You want the players to look in the mirror on starts for sure but ultimately that does fall on sheldon keith no question okay that's what coaches are are are, they're responsible to make sure that their teams as mike babcock has famously said (coughs) start on time bab said the hell out of it he couldn't get his teams to do it he never they never did it for him either yeah Um, it's a lot of the same god yeah no, no. It's a great saying, though. It is amazing. And it's bang on. You know, one thing that I remember is Mike Fuda coming on the show and talking about how the Kings dressing room had like 15 captains, you know, like guys that either could have been, were, went on to be, whatever, and how they didn't have to worry about, you know, the coach and they just trusted the guys to handle it. With the additions this offseason, they got older guys, right? Whether it's O'Reilly or Achari, they got veteran guys. They have an older core now approved. There's enough guys in the room. Yes, it's Sheldon's job. I am not absolving him of that. It's on him at the end. But for the players, guys, it's the eighth crack at it here. Can we have one? Uh, Yes. So if you don't think any of that's going to happen, like I said, excellent spot for the happiness hedge tonight, plus 170, the Florida Panthers coming into Scotiabank Arena for game two. And that was Playoff Picks presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds, fellas.
still weird to hear him say that, yeah, if I make money, I, I feel good on, on the loss. I get it. I don't I feel good. It. I don't feel good, but it, it, it's <laughs> getting compensated for it. <laughs> I don't mind losing getting, the money if they win. I'm it's getting money compensated I for my pain. Here's what, That's it is, exactly Here's what it is. Would you pay $50 for the Toronto Maple Leafs to win tonight? Sammy, would you pay? If I could say, I, give me 50 and they'll win, would you do it? I may be um, risking more than that. That's that what I'm saying. Lose. So yes. you're doing that. And if they win, you say I paid for it. And if so they the don't, 14, well, they, you make money. So the fans that have paid season tickets on average, what, yeah. three, 400 bucks, mm. you're asking them to spend an additional $50 to ensure a win. I'm not but asking them to. I'm saying I personally would pay 50 bucks for the lease to Kip, win. Kipper, if you're terrified. And if they don't, then It's personally dumb to me. If you're going to the game tonight yeah, and you're scared of a... You can pay for your ticket with a happiness hedge. <laughs> you either get a win or you get your ticket yeah, free. Exactly. It's a no-brainer situation. All right. We're going no, to ask Dale no, Talon if, if he has a happiness head. No, we're not. No, we're not. Not going to embarrass ourselves no. in front of Dale. Former <laughs> NHL and general manager of the Blackhawks and the Panthers. This is the man who drafted Barkov, Ekblad. This is the man who spent $10 bucks on Bobrovsky. Let's not mention that. No, let's mention it. After the break, real <laughs> Kipper and Bourne. Dale Talon next. Get smarter when you listen to Hockey Talk, the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. The Toronto Maple Leafs and the Florida Panthers getting set for battle here we have a seven or seven thirty start seven that extra half an hour just sucks i love it why because i put my kids to bed you put them to bed that early yeah they, they go to bed that early well they're six and three no not successfully but the process is underway at least <laughs> supposed to be in bed. oh i remember those days it's actually you know it's it is decent though at least they're out of there for a few hours for bed all right, Sammy's going to find us, Dale Talon. Uh, we'll get into the specifics of the Florida Panthers. And I met him at a, a Yankees game once. Ran into him in New York. You did? Yeah, my dad and I were at a Yankees game, I don't know, 20 years ago. I don't know if I remember that. Usually when you run into Dale, it's on a golf course. <laughs> he is a really good golfer. <laughs> yeah, he's scratch, I think, right? So when I retired out of... Uh, out of hockey, I played in a local uh, men's league here. It's one of the. It was one of the oldest men's league... Uh, you played men's league hockey I, I, I after did. the National Hockey League? Yes, I did. Did people for, try to fight for you? For a team called the Swords. And uh, if I stand correct, uh, Dale Talon uh, was a sword. <laughs> Is that right, Dale? Wilkinson Blades. <laughs> Wilkins, that's right. It was it was a sponsorship oh, yeah. off, of the, the, uh, off the Razors. Yeah, yeah. Wilkinson Blades. Yeah, You're those right. aren't around anymore. Hey. <laughs> Dale, how are you, pal? I'm great. I'm great. So, where was your connection with this uh, Swords team? Uh, I went to. I had to take a class or two at Meisterschaft College when I was playing for the Marlies, and I got traded from Oshawa. And um, uh, one of the students at the class there uh, at the, it was uh, was the uh, his father owned Wilkinson Blades, and so we had a bunch of rubbies we play, you know. Uh, a couple times at nighttime during the week. 
You know, I talked Doug Gilmore into coming to play in that league. He got suspended like two games later. Suspended. Suspended. <laughs> Who would have the audacity to suspend Doug Gilmore? I don't know. Uh, probably uh, maybe Coley Campbell maybe back then. I don't know. Uh, Dale, uh, first of all, uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, you're down in uh, Florida, right? Uh, yes. Yes. So yeah, you're, you've got a good beat. On the on the Florida Panthers, just uh, you know, just your overall yeah. thoughts watching this team uh, from maybe Christmas on, and how a lot of us, including me, had them written off, man. Yeah, well, you know, they um, they found their way through. You know, they had to win. Uh, I think they went six one and one the last eight games. They were six one and one, and they lost the last game, and then. Uh, they ended up having to play Boston, and I think everyone said, well, you know, they they really had to put a lot into getting into the playoffs, and there wouldn't be that much. There wouldn't be that much um, left in the tank. And uh, I got someone at the front door here. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> anyway. Is it uh, <laughs> delivery it, of Wilkinson blades? Is it Pittsburgh yeah, by yeah, chance? Yeah, blades, yeah. <laughs> hey, Dale. I'm sorry. I'm going to... Is 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 it the Penguins looking for you? No, I wish. Delivered some flowers here for I don't know. For That's Meg, from us. All yes, of our guests yes, get if, flowers if live on the air. If there's no card involved, it's from <laughs> us. Well, yeah, right. You guys take credit, right? For sure. Yeah. For sure. sure. Um, Good point to blame and take all the credit. How we roll? Yes, exactly. So who um, who gets credit for Bobrovsky all of a sudden coming on a little bit? This is a guy that you signed. I know there was a uh, a lot of talk uh, that years followed about the signing, but he's showing that there's still life in him, right? Yeah, you know, I think he's a little bit. You know, he was sick and missed a lot of games, and the Lions came in and did a great job for them. So I think the fact that he's pretty well rested and didn't have to carry the brunt of the load towards the end. Yeah, he looks sharp and he looks healthy and he looks refreshed. So, you know, that's good news. And, you know, I mean, the save he made on Marshawn in game five, you know, was probably the turning point of the whole series. You know, that that series is over if he scores there. Hey, but, Dale, um, where do you think Bobrovsky struggled early? Was it just maybe the expectations of of – of, of carrying such a big contract. Where, where did you see the struggles early uh, since signing him? Yeah, I think that, you know, that's one thing I said to him once he signed that contract. I said, you know, don't let this burden you. And I think it did. And the second thing, his style is he's kind of a deep in the net goalie. It was. And then trying to move to the top of the crease and play outside, you know, he kind of was in the middle a lot. You know, he wasn't quite sure if he, should be out or in or out or in. And so I think a lot of that had to do, you know, there's a combination of the contract and trying to change his positioning a little bit. So it took him a while. Like, you know, he was inconsistent, obviously. He struggled, but, uh, you know, when you look back on his career, he's had some pretty good numbers and he's very athletic and he's very dedicated and he's very driven. And uh, you can see it now that he's, you know, he had a little bit of a test there with Lions playing all the games. I don't think he liked that too much. And, he doesn't want to be taken out of the game. So I think you know, he's more motivated and he's more rested than he's been in the past. 
Dale, you've had a lot of experience uh, building teams, shaping teams, and you know assessing what teams need. What are your thoughts on this Toronto Maple Leafs team and the additions they made at the deadline uh, in terms of being equipped to have success in the postseason? Well, I think you know you need you need to, to be heavy in the playoffs. You know they get away with a little more clutching and grabbing, and it's a little more physical and it's more demanding. Picking up Achiari and O'Reilly, you know, two guys that really give them. And McCabe gives them some, some strength and size and um, and uh, durability is what you need. You know, every other night you got to play and you got to win 16 games. It takes a toll on a team. And if you're a, a light team, a team that plays on the perimeter, you're not going to have much success in the playoffs. And I think they addressed the need there that they needed to be more physical and more durable and, and more competitive in, in the physical part of playoff hockey. And, um, you know, they went and did that at the deadline and, I like I like those pickups and I like those moves that they made. So much talk, Dale, about Matthew Kachuk and the impact he's had, uh, especially from Christmas on against Boston, and then great game to open up this series against the Leafs. What were your initial thoughts when when Jonathan Huberto, who had a career year at 115 points and looked like he was really the face of the franchise along with Barkov all of a sudden is gone for Matthew Kachuk. What did you think about the trade at this, at that time? Uh, we all know how it's turned out. Well, I, you know, you always, uh, the, they paid a lot to get Kachuk and I've always liked Kachuk and I like Tuberdo and Uyghur as well. And, and uh, give up some picks besides, but you know, I think it was the fact that they, they needed to step up in the playoffs and be more physical and somebody that can compete in a playoff structure and that's what they thought they needed to do. And there's uh, Matthew in the face. You know, every scrum, every every play, he's right in the middle of it. This kid's amazing. I watched him pretty closely uh, the last three games and even into the play before the playoffs. I mean, every time you see a scrum or every time there's a goal scoring opportunity, wherever the puck is, that's where Matthew is. He's fearless and he plays plays that way all the time. He's consistent. And he's uh, passionate, and he's you know he's just driven, and I think it's it's a good thing now for this team. They, I think now getting Bennett back to really helped to give him a you know that second line center and the guy with a little grit up front as well. So you know Florida's pretty good up the middle with Lusterin or or with Lundell, and uh, you know Eric Eric had um, had a good good season, and now he's playing uh, you know a fourth line role. And, they're, you know, like I said, you've got to be – I like teams that are strong up the middle, and both these teams are. They're very similar teams. They they give up a lot of scoring chances, but they create a lot of scoring chances. So it'll be an entertaining, exciting series. Dale, I'm, I'm sure you have some experience with this throughout your own career, but, you know, the Leafs brought in a guy in Matthew Nyes uh, right out of college, um, plugged him in, and he's playing pretty high up the lineup in a, in a good amount of minutes I want to get your thoughts on some of the challenges for a player like that, and if you think he, a guy like him would get better with the experience or kind of get worse after being worn down and, and never playing this kind of schedule before. Well, I don't. I, I like the kid. I think he's a really good player, and he's good in traffic, and uh, he has a good understanding of the game. He's got good size and speed, and he's, he's a real, you know, I don't think, you know, in college they don't destroy you with, you know, how many games they play? 50 games, 40 games 40. with playoffs and all. You know, it's not like he's playing 80 games and coming to play in the playoffs. So he should be well-rested. And at that age, 
you know, you you want to play all night long and all day long. You don't, you never get tired when you're that age. So I don't <laughs> see him getting any getting tired. Uh, you know, if he loves to play and he wants to play, he'll he'll find a way. Another guy, Dale, that you brought in, uh, Alexander Barkov, and he's got the, just the one goal so far in the playoffs. But just just his upside. I don't think anybody expects him to be as dynamic as Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid, but. You know, is is there a sense that uh, at the time that he could have been more like a Leon Dreisaitl and, and the goals aren't coming anywhere near uh, what Leon does, but where is his upside offensively? And, and ultimately, is is this a perfect guy to shut down an Austin Matthews? Well, that's what he does. I mean, if he's not scoring, you know for sure he's defending. He's, uh, you know, he's a complete player. And you know, one thing with Barkey, it was, if he'd shoot more, he's so... Uh, so so willing to pass the puck, you know, he had a great opportunity the other night in game uh, six here and he, you know, elected to pass. He does that often. He's not selfish at all. He's more team oriented, but he does all those little things, you know, kills penalties and shuts down the other guy. He's really terrific in his end. He's more, I think if he was less conscious of the defensive aspect, he'd score more, but he's a complete player that plays with a lot of, uh, strength and determination, and he's really a knowledgeable player. And uh, you know, I mean, you're very confident when he has the puck that he's not going to make any mistakes, and that's that's what he brings to the table, game in and game out. You know, all this talk about the the postseason and being you know a lot more puck battles and a little more physical, get away with a little bit more. If you're building a team today, is it that different than it would have been 20 years ago? Like, is it, it feels like, you know, the game went away from some of that physicality, but it was almost like the pendulum has swung back to people recognizing just the value of it in terms of team building, even in today's hockey. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a catch 22. You need a team to be successful during the regular season. Yeah. And you need a bit of a different team in the playoffs and, so you want to get the combination of the size and speed and skill and smarts and sandpaper and all those things, good things. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the team that 2010 won would probably do very well in 2022 and 23. So, you know, it's a, it's a team. You've got to be conscious of what, uh, will they, will they play better in the playoffs? Will, will they be successful in the playoffs? Uh, and that's what you have to be really conscious of is uh, the right right formation of a team. You need some size. You can't have a bunch of little guys, but you can you can have a nice blend, and you've got to make sure that you've got a lot of good young defensemen because the you know the, the stretch play and the chip and chase there's there's not a lot of protection for a defenseman. So you've got to have guys that can really skate in the back end and get the puck out, and that's where I think the most important part of the team is right now. Hey, Dale, one more for me, and that's just uh, hockey in general in, in South Florida and the constant challenges uh, that the Florida Panthers have with so much competition in uh, baseball and, and football down there. But, you know, does does this sort of run have a chance to do what it did uh, in Doug McLean's years uh, when they went to the finals? Uh, what a cup yeah, could potentially mean? Yeah, I think it's it's spilled over from last year, winning the President's Trophy, and this year they were consistent. The crowds were up, uh, even when they were struggling, they were still getting good crowds. And these playoff crowds, I've been to the last three playoff games, and you know, just under twenty thousand uh, every game. 
and they're really alive and really into it. So I think they've got a, a young crowd. It's a young family uh, crowd, dynamic, and uh, I think it'll it'll bode well for the future. I think you could just see from last year to this year the big improvement. And uh, the, you know, it's 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 a good thing. It's a it's a beautiful building. It's just a little bit out of the way, but once you're in there. It's pretty exciting, and I've really enjoyed the last three games with the whole atmosphere. Well, we're going to enjoy uh, this series, uh, starting with uh, Game 2 tonight. Uh, we're so glad the flowers got to you. Um, let us know about the box of chocolates. We were promised they'd be there uh, before Friday at noon tomorrow. Yeah, right. All right. I love it. <laughs> hey, Dale. Golf balls. A lot of yeah. You want a dozen balls? <laughs> you don't lose golf balls. You're fine. How, how hey? How is the game, by the way? Pretty solid. Yeah, I'm, I'm hanging in there. You know, the, I shoot my age with regularity. Eighty-two. You know? <laughs> Stop it. You still scratch, golfer? I'm close. I'm close. My index is one point seven. So. Oh my god! Jeez, that's good golf. Don't don't ever come back to work here in the NHL. Don't. <laughs> It'll ruin your game. Yeah, I don't care about golf that much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dale, we'll catch up again soon. Thanks for doing this. All right, appreciate the time. Appreciate the call. Yeah, right, that's Dale care. Talon. Thanks, Dale. Former NHL player and general manager with the Chicago Blackhawks and the Florida Panthers. Interesting stuff. 1.7. Yeah, he's good. That's good, good. Uh, he's smooth as a criminal. You see, you played with him? Yeah. I, okay, I, there's a couple things that he said there that I wanted to get your guys' take on. The one that I found really interesting was him talking about how, how you asked about building a team and the playoff thing, but then him saying it's, it's you got to walk the line, right, where you have to get there, and yeah. then you have to play a totally different game once you get there. It's a real balance that these GMs have to strike. But that was interesting. That's why I feel like players today, the more multi-tooled you can be, the more valuable you are, right? Can you do other things? Can you play when you're not scoring? Can you score when you're, you know, when you're still playing defense? Crucial having guys Listen, that can do In many so ways, like so valuable. The, the year we won the Cup in New York was similar to the Toronto Maple Leafs where you look and you're having success in the regular season, but you just have to know this is not the lineup that can play this time of year. Mm-hmm. Just think for one second where the Leafs would be if they had a quiet trade deadline. If they had Engvall and Sandine in instead of Achari and McCabe or something. And Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly and, and, Chen. And, and Chen, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, I, I don't it's want to just, they're done. Yeah, they don't win the they're first done. round. They, 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 they don't win do the first not round. get po- past They sneak by three Tampa OT Bay. wins. You know, they needed every inch of scrap they had in them. Every inch. Yeah. And they'll need every inch tonight to, I, to start this game. And I got another question that I would like to drill down on a little bit with you before we got to him. Or you, with him. What? you asked, Doug Gilmore actually played in a beer league game with you? Oh, yeah. When he was like, at my, what my point? My dad tried to Listen, play and people would slash him in the back and try to fight him. And he said, at what point of his career? Was he retired? Just retired? Or was he still playing? Like, when was this? Yeah, this was just after he shut it down. Oh my God! And how there good is he? no switch. No, I got a switch, but and it 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 it, it can move if you really push me. Mm-hmm. But not Gilmore. I was gonna say his, his switch. His, his like, nickname was literally Killer. So it's kind of, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I, I can still see the cross check and um, the guy's teeth leaving his mouth. You know, some of those guys just can't, and you know. 
you're competitive, I think, in a way that I probably never was, but my dad also has that. He's playing a, one of these fireman charity games, oh, and some boy. kid was slashing my dad, you know, back at the ankles, trying to, you know, like, you get a chance to play against a recent NHLer, and they did the handshake line after him. My dad hauled off and just decked him in the forehead. <laughs> no, the handshake line, post-game charity game, full brawl. So they didn't get respect in the handshake line there? No respect in the handshake <laughs> line. Like, I, I don't have that gear. What was... You sent a video today out of the blue about uh, uh, a guy sitting on his golf cart watching a brouhaha on a on <laughs> oh either, on, like, hole number <laughs> seven or seven. Knocking guys out left and right. Like, <laughs> hey, slow play is an issue. <laughs> <laughs> right? Just not pick that, up your pace. Not that much of an That's issue. That's what we need on the PGA. Yeah, can't lay. You should you know, be you able to, to fight. fight the group ahead of you to play through. Yes. Yeah, there has yeah. to be a, there's a fight. Can't lay, you have to fight if you're going to play that slow. Brooks Kepka gets to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm paying pay-per-view uh, money to watch. But it's just, you know, I, I can't imagine how good Doug Gilmer was in beer league. Oh, yeah. It's just like, I remember I played against a guy in beer league who was like, I looked him up. He was like second division Sweden that he played. I was like, this guy's Sidney Crosby. How He's, is there anyone better at hockey right. than this? It's like, it's hard to fathom. It's hard for guys to come out of like playing pro hockey and then go into a league like that because everything that the opposition should, should be do, do they're they not. don't. They do the opposite. It's like a bad goalie who doesn't bite on your fake and you're like, you're supposed to get out of the way on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. I, it's like, I can't, I don't have, ba- my balance isn't good enough <laughs> yeah, to get out of the way. Quick twitch. I didn't know you faked. <laughs> exactly. Okay. You want to go back to Paul Maurice? Let, let's, let's hit a break and then we'll, we'll do it after we. Let's hit a break. All right. And then uh, Kevin Zegers out of L.A. is going to join us. Hey, I just want to give a shout-out to the best beer league former pro I've ever seen, mm. Dale Howarchuk, Ducky himself, the smoothest, the beer league king. Have you – I mean, you, I'm sure you skated or saw Dale. You probably played against him oh in the NHL. God. Like, he's like – he's – him and Gretzky. And I'm telling you, it. like, that tier of just, league. like, smooth and read the play. I mean, I'd never – you know, I've played with very good players. I hadn't seen anything like him. And I was watching him at 50. Yes. So. Yeah. so I, a few times, got to play in, like, the Scotiabank Pro-Am where you get to play with pros or whatever. And one year we had Brad Boys as our pro yeah. who had a really solid NHL career. And my old, my great uncle, Don, great uncle Don, <laughs> who's old guy, 85, my dad and him came to the game because they were in Toronto and they came for the lunch after or whatever. And I told Brad Boys that my old uncle was coming. Brad Boys put three on an absolute pillow for me that I scored a hat trick in the first period <laughs> because I literally just had to put my puck on my stick on the ice. Yeah. And the passes he makes, I'm like, Brad Boys is like, you know, he's not the best, but he's a good NHLer, but you just think it's it's a yeah. different thing. It's a different thing. Well, I get to skate Thursday mornings with Lindros and Caberlet, yeah. and sometimes oh. Tucker comes out. And, oh, yeah. Caberlet uh, still smooth? Caberlet, uh, um, Voltec Volsky. Yeah, oh, yeah. You should see this guy yeah, play. Yeah, that guy. Is, he had Wolski unbelievable hands. Yeah, I just played with him this morning. Man. Hands. And it's like, but he, he, he should have gone back to New York and helped the Rangers out. <laughs> yeah. They could have used you. <laughs> Ridiculous hands. Yeah. Caberlet, too. You get Caberlet on the show, Kipper. Oh, my God. He, Caberlet. Oh, he's coming. He's okay, coming. Good. He said he's coming. Good, good. All right. Okay, let's take a quick break. Uh, If you're enjoying the show, give us a rating and review. Give us a thumbs up. We love bringing it to you on a daily basis. Toronto and Florida teeing it up tonight. And we're back after the break. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. 
Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Dick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandale, David Sisboom Boss, Sammy McKee. I, w- I would like quickly before we get into anything to give a big proper shout out to Pizza Nova for hooking us up with lunch today. <laughs> oh, hold on. Hey, hold no, on. we got to do it better. Proper. Yes. Big Stress shout out. Proper. That's what I was doing until you so rudely interrupted <laughs> okay, me. Sorry. Go a on. big shout out to Pizza Nova, Nova for hooking us up with lunch today. That's Amore. Uh, pizza for Little Kids is back at Pizza Nova. 50 cents from every dip purchased in May goes to kids at Variety Ontario. Don't forget to add a dip to your next order and make a difference. I dip. You dip. We all dip for Variety. Bam. That was a dipstick talking about a dip. That was, I give you a uh, seven out of ten. Thanks, man. Toit like a tiger. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, everyone. Oh, man, this is the wrong show to read that stuff. <laughs> we, we haven't excelled at it in the past, but we're, we we need more experience. I was just, I, just I think they're going to send us to, like, uh, like summer school to think do so? that. I did summer school once. That'll surprise you. Is I that know. true? Oh, yeah. Were you failing what, uh, can I school? guess the s- yeah, subject? Absolutely, yes. Everything. English. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> math. 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 After that read, was math. it English? Math. It was math. All right. Uh, math. You want to talk a little Leon? Four goals? Like, what is, like, we should have asked Mike Kelly, like, odds or the statistics on when you score four goals, yeah. when you have one guy scoring four goals, you should win the hockey game. I think I saw a stat. I'm pretty confident here that it hasn't happened in 30 years that a guy scored four goals and his team lost in the playoffs. And then back to back nights. Back-to-back nights. Wild game. Yeah. Hockey's bizarre. I think. Love it. I think that, I mean, we do have more Maurice stuff to get into. We so, will, yeah. But I do think that that goal that Drysaddle scored, the second one, is amongst the highest skill plays you'll ever see in the game of hockey. You know why it's so high-skilled is because playoff hockey is a, like monster truck rally and everyone's just skating around like crazy and it's chaos. And to actually dial it back and make a cutesy little flip, to even think of it and try it and execute the off-speed pitch, nasty goal. Yeah, it's, uh, it's another prime example of a player being in a position where there's a million things going on on the ice and you have the ability to see that play. Mm. And it's because you have the ability to slow the game down, slow your breathing down and to actually identify the angle that the goalie's in for Yeah. And to say, I'm going to try to, you see a space between the post and his back or shoulder. Yeah. And you you have the uh, the poise the mm-hmm. the confidence to actually think that you are going to hit this pull shot. And that's all it is. Yeah. When you're when you're putting really well, and people joke about the hole looking like the size of a bucket, like it looks like you can make it from anywhere. 
What's the net look like to Drysaddle right now that he's behind the net and he sees ways for the to put the puck in like a soccer net? And the way he hits that cross seamer from McDavid is with a paddle is otherworldly. With like an oar, it yeah. You think there'd be so much so, wind resistance? He couldn't swing it fast. But the first one, the first power play goal they get where McDavid does that huge button hook up top of the circle and then just tick tick the one handle and fast like it's a shot. It's a shot speed. Most goals through seven playoff games in NHL history. First place, 11 goals. Leon Dreisaitl tied with Newsy Lalonde, who wow. we joke about all the time as being an old Newsy. school guy. But Newsy had 11 as well. 10 for Maurice Richard. Uh, Gretter had what's, nine. What, Esposito had what's nine. What's the record? Wayne Gretzky. Uh, Thank you. At how many? Gretter. <laughs> no, how many uh, what's the record for most goals in a playoff uh, season? I don't know. I know Reggie Leach from... The Philadelphia Flyers had it at one time, and I think it was like 19, if I'm not mistaken. It's a big number. Most goals, playoff year. Uh, it's loading. It's loading. 19. Reggie Leach. Also, Yari Curry had 19 one year. Joe Sackick had 18. Newsy Lalonde had 17. He's one game into the second round. He's got 11. <laughs> Such a good point. If they like, play three rounds, he might get 19 goals. Yeah. But he could have him by game seven in this round. Lalonde, bossy, Gretzky, Payne, bossy, bossy with 17. I think it's such a badass. It's so badass when you have a hockey record because it's just they all are Gretzky. To have like the, the most goals in a playoff year not be Gretzky, have it be Reggie Leach. That's an unbelievable record to have. I got to tell you, I adore this list of players. Craig Simpson's on there, 16 goals, one playoff year. But Mario Lemieux, Pavel Bure, Mark Messier, Yari Curry, Wayne Gretzky, that, that was, Crosby, uh, Ovechkin. Like, the it's year. the names. Craig Simpson's uh, Stanley Cup in Edmonton. Yeah, 89-90. And go. that's also uh, a shout-out to uh, our condolences on uh, Peter Klima. Remember yeah. that big overtime goal? Yeah. That's we, awful. We, uh, we lost a member of our NHL alumni in Peter Klima, so uh, condolences to the family. Mm-hmm. It is crazy how low the totals are to get on this list, though. Like, I don't mean low, but, you know. You so get... uh, how far can you go back? I top fifty. Fourteen is my is our buddy John Drews at fourteen on that list. Uh I'm sure he is. I if think it is fourteen. fourteen. Yep. Drew, yeah, Drews is in there. Yep. To a conference final. Fourteen that, that's in fifteen hey, games. Fourteen sorry. Wow. Fifteen games. Yeah. Like fourteen goals getting swept in the conference final. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a run. Ray Ferraro, thirteen. Yeah, the Gretzky's on here. I think bunch, Ray was the last time. Ray Ferraro, who's been on the show a couple times, and we thank him for that. Uh, the last time a playoff player scored four goals, I think he was it. He was. That's correct. Before um, before Pavelski did it. Yeah. And then the next night, Dreisaitl. Yeah. Uh, Dreisaitl, by the way, also credit. None of those were like tips or off his foot or like a random empty netter. He shot four pucks that meant something in a close game in. It was a showing. Reggie Leach had 19 goals in 16 games, by the way. 16 games. He was with uh, Bill Barber and Bob Clark, who was like one of the most dominant lines in NHL history. 19 Mm -hmm. goals. Couldn't quite get to 25 points that year, though. No joke. (laughs) He had five assists. Cy Young. Just shot it in the net for them. Did it. we see anything last night that suggests that Vegas has a really good shot of beating the Edmonton Oilers? Did you see enough of that? 
Yeah, I did. I, I saw enough to be worried about their defense. A guy I really like in Vinny DeHarnay had a couple of major oopsies. There was just some defensive stuff with the Oilers that made you think, if Vegas is going to be able to score like that, Edmonton's in some trouble. We called that, though. We all said it yesterday. That was going to be a I thought, meet. Hey, short-handed thought, goal leaders in playoffs. Uh, Bob Bourne. I, I thought J- uh, Jack Eichel was fighting it. Mm-hmm. And then he makes an unbelievable play. On the empty? On the empty. That was an unbelievable little strip. Uh, uh, <laughs> not, but, but not just any strip. <laughs> on McDavid. On 97. Yeah. Yeah, he's going around the ice outside, gave a little one like hand. It, Whoops, it, thank you. And, and that's basically the the matchup in this series. That's the signature matchup is that you've got number one and number two in yeah. the draft. Right. God, but yeah. we really know it's not. The, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're just trying to build it the, up for TV. The gap is significant but now. I think it's kind of. McDavid doubled them in points this year. Yeah, I just Plus. thought it was kind of interesting yeah. to note that Eichel just absolutely picked Connor McDavid's pocket on that uh, empty net uh, goal was. to solidify. That was, that was a nice play. I, I'm just looking through all these. This is a great that records.com for the NHL is what you're on right now. Yes. I'm just looking at all these different um, records. And in potential clinching games, the most goals. In 53 potential clinching games, Mark Messier had 33 goals. Okay, but he also played in 53 potential clinching games. That's insane. <laughs> 53. The next closest is 41, Gretzky played. 53 serious potential clinics and scored 33 goals in that. There, there, His record's 33, are, 35, and 18. There are some guys that just, like, live for those moments yeah. and just thrive, and others just get a little nervous, yeah. just get a little uptight, not comfortable, mm-hmm. right? Who can, now, you know, if we're talking about saying, who, who, can, who can be comfortable in un comfortable situations for sure and that's what was tampa bay's strength for so long right like they were okay just playing close games going overtime they never made the big mistake toronto has that's something to learn they had a good lesson in that in the first round and you know after game one of this series you'd be happy to be in another one of those situations where it's too too late or something how about this being for a relevant clip to the conversation we're having about pressure I would like to you guys to listen to this Maurice clip on the pressures of being in Toronto. Okay. This is a he is waxing poetic here, so just get ready for it, but if uh, And just to add it. a little context to this, uh, once upon a time he coached for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. He's known it. He's Pressure. lived it. He knows. The pressure is far more extreme here. Right and and it's and there's danger in all extremes. Right? Larry Murphy couldn't play in the league, except for the three Stanley Cups he won after he left, right? So um, there's that extreme, and then the other extreme is a player that's a good player that's you can't afford to pay him anymore because he's getting three times what he gets because he scored a certain... You, you know what I mean? Like you, it's, it's a harder thing there, but there's also, I think, a totally equal trade-off in that the scrutiny forces players to be more focused here. You're not getting you're not getting away with a tough night in Toronto. Like if you if your game's not tight, eight of you in here are writing about it, right? You're, you're not giving them three weeks. So there is that. So I think it's just a trade there. You know, it's interesting. We have a whole we have <laughs> other clips. Him on momentum and feeling pressure in general, which is good too. So we can kind of stick but with the theme. But that is just like he knows what he's doing. Like is he saying that the least players make too much? Ah, I. 
I did not get that sense that that's where he was going. Okay. But I do think there's an element of like you do something good here and you're a big deal immediately, you know, where you can play the same way in Florida forever and never really get noticed for it. You don't slide. David Camp was a hero here for, you know, good defensive play and whatever else. And he's okay. He's a good player. He's okay. He's okay. And good defense player. Good, good on faceoffs. Just to add to the pressure of what these guys might feel if they go down 0 2 tonight or do not find a way to close off is that, you know, if there's a money element to all of this, regardless of if, if Mitch goes from 11 points in the first round to 17 in the second round, or Austin goes from five goals to 10 goals in the second round. If they don't win, it all piles up on them on, on the, on the opening conversation of what happened. Mm -hmm. It does. And that's, that is so abundantly popular here. And I just listened to you say seconds ago about camp, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, you need more of him. It's really hard to win if camp's not good. Yeah. And it's really hard to win for Matthews and Marner and Tavares and Nylander if if you do not get those secondary guys. Like Mark Messi has all these great stats about being a clutch guy, but he doesn't get there without Stefan Matteau. Right. In, in 94 for us. And... Kerfoot came up once big, but who's the next Kerfoot? Who, that's a constant mm-hmm. out of your third and fourth line guys. Where is the camp conversation if they get knocked out in the second round? You know, well, it doesn't Very happen because he's never been asked to score. Very right? low on the totem pole. It's not even the scoring part. It's just it's the presence mm-hmm. of camp is no longer there like it was when he was really going. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think it's the numbers, although the numbers obviously are, are key to getting you there. But right now, like, people are asking me, how do you stop uh, Kachuk? And it's how, how you stop Kachuk is you have someone that can equal his presence. I'm not saying fight him. I'm not saying chirp him. I'm not saying... Just equal the presence that he had in game one. That that helps nullify how, how he can make a difference in the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that Austin needs two goals tonight or Mitch needs three points, but I'm saying that you need to have a, a, an equal, if not better, presence tonight than Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, you look at it as the canceling out factor. If you don't believe you can bring the guy down to zero, then you better bring your numbers up. You know, it's hockey. You can win 11-10 or you can win 1-0. You just, if it if it has to be outscore Kachuk when he's out there, then yeah, that'll fall on those guys for sure. It's, um, you know, that is their primary battle to fight is keeping that guy down or at least beating him at the other end of the ice. And listen, you better learn to deal with it if you want to play in Toronto. If you like it here, you like the fact that you can get commercials here that nobody else can get in the country. All right. You want to be seen every other commercial, a bank commercial if you're Austin Matthews. 
Make sure that you take Skip care of the dishes. Take care of the part that isn't a commercial. Osmos. Right? <laughs> yeah. Take take care of your 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 uh, your presence during the game so you can have a good presence after the game. Yeah. We do have more on pressure from Maurice. Why don't we play Maurice just on feeling pressure? So he got asked because uh Sam Reinhardt this morning said something like, oh, we're not feeling any pressure in this, and he got asked about that. And this is what he had to say. Okay. We have to develop a style of game that's sustainable. And that's what we will hold ourselves to. So some of the other pressures outside that, how far you go, is, this is one simple. We're trying to get to game seven in every series we can. That's, that's we're trying, we're not, this isn't a marathon for us. We're, we're not here for two months, we're here for tonight. And I think that, that we haven't accepted the outside pressure of how far you've got to go in your season to do well. To say, okay, you know what, you had a nice year. We've got a certain game that we're trying to get to with each player. It's kind of it. Interesting way of looking at it. That's a super underdog mentality. Just focus on tonight, try to get it to a game seven. Kachuk actually said before the series, the longer the series goes on, the better it is for us. I don't know. Wow. That was the blueprint against the Boston Bruins. Hang around, hang around, and we hope went it went down 3 1. Yeah. Just win the game you're in. And then there's one more for Maurice. Why don't we do that and lock it up? Well, there's Maurice on momentum and on Matthews and Marner. Does either one appeal to you? Or Sammy, do you have a preference of the two? Yeah, I think momentum's good. All right. Yeah, I'm not a big, big believer of momentum. Oh. I'm really not. It, it uh, uh, changes every time the puck drops. We make it 2 nothing. You're probably feeling pretty good about our game, and it's 2-1, and they're rolling in the last game. So... It'll get reestablished the minute the puck drops tonight, and you've got to do it shift by shift. They're really doing the old AA program here, 24 hours at a time. Keep her simple. Yeah, well, I think game one was a prime example. I They're, they're down 2-1 after Matthew Nye's goal, and it was, it was rolling for the Leafs. Yeah. Fun and then the second goal, you're like... And then the McCabe hit. The, the, the building's going to come unglued. The, 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 the turning point, right? You that's that's they didn't capitalize on two two, and the building right into it. So where was it in the Tampa Bay series that McCabe also threw? Was it when he threw the big hit and then talking to Paul? Yeah, and then they scored. Because th- that was the exact same scenario to me where, like, the momentum was in the least favored. The building was like, eh. every 10 seconds there was a moment that made people go, ah, and then you kind of forget to play hockey. Yeah. And so I think that's a key part for this, and that's a learning lesson for this Leafs team, is to not get swept up in the emotion, the adrenaline, and to just be able to play the way you designed to, to play the game prior to puck drop, even when it feels like that. I just think that uh, I think the focus for for, McCabe, uh, for Jake McCabe and and a few other guys is just do not force anything that isn't there. If you start searching for it, looking for it, and he, he's he's a good open ice hitter. He really is for sure. And if it's there, it's there. If it's, I don't not, want them to take that out of his game. I don't want him to take that out of his game. I I just think every once in a while he's he's chomp it at the bit to to go close the gap up the middle of the ice and it's in energetic. a perfect world get a hit but man this time of year you pay the price on a bad pinch yeah. or a forced play yeah i 
you know, he's a guy that you almost have to have a shock color on and say, tie game, we're going to have you hold back. You know, if we're down one, maybe we can get you to jump up a little bit because he does jump into holes fairly well, but a little too aggressive at the wrong time so far. Learning experience, I think, being on a really good team in games that matter. Before we get to Kevin, before he calls in here, any thoughts on Carolina and Jersey? I didn't watch a lot of it, but uh, it just seems that uh, Rod Brindamore has him really structurally sound that mm-hmm. even if you get you miss some bodies, there's enough that can s- stay within the system. Yeah, I think they make it really hard on you. Like the, I've equated the Devils to the Leafs of old in, in ways, which is why I didn't pick them in round one. You know, some young, talented guys who it's come easy for, and then you expect them to get in playoffs and it's going to get real hard. They were pretty darn good in that first round. We'll see now how they can battle back against the Carolina team, the way Brindamore sets his teams up. They dump, they chip, they grind. We're underestimating them. The Devils. No. The Canes. Canes. I just, like, everyone Massive just, losses. Yeah, but I don't know. They just they do have plug, the, and, plug and play. They, yeah. they they do have the the goaltending thing over their heads too, much like Bobrovsky, Freddie Anderson now. Yeah, but it's Schmidt and the other net who's got like nine NHL games. I know. It's, you know, it's almost as if the goalies seem like low on the. Uh, priority list of what you need to win now go through it go through the playoffs you got schmidt and freddie anderson samsonov and bobrovsky you know what is it in the other series you got ottinger who's good and grubauer oh, that's your ottinger, best goalie what did he let in three goals in game one the, uh, in, got, within a minute you got the hook what's the other series what am i missing there i don't know oh yeah uh, Stu skinner against laurent brossois all right Let's welcome in Kevin Zegers, Canadian actor. Uh, I don't, now, if I ask my daughter, she can rip off everything you've been in, Gossip Girl. I thought, you said, ha- I thought you said actor, which is appropriate, <laughs> too. But I'll, hey, take Kevin, the, I'll take the latter, too. Thanks for, jo- thanks for joining us. I know you're out in L.A. There seems to be this, uh-huh. this small group of actors or celebrities out there that they love their hockey. Like I said, mm-hmm. t- to my daughter, you're, you're the guy in uh, Gossip Girl. But uh, to me, you're, you're a guy that I, I, I bumped into an airport uh, and, and talked to Leafs with you for probably an hour. So what, what is, yeah, your, yeah. What is your, your, your spring like in L.A. watching the Leafs right now? What? it's a good time and we just wrapped our show for the year. Um, and, and so right as the playoffs started, I kind of, um, got into, uh, I mean, I watch every game. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a weirdo Leafs fan. I I've got the, the sports net package. So I, I watch it here, but, um, and then I grew up with, uh, with Jake Muzzin. So we, you know, I like, I'm a, I'm a hockey nerd. I, I, I'm like, you know, I know about way too much stuff. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, you, I'm always texting you about what I think the what yes. I think the problems are, and um, we go back and forth about you know the Leafs and how they torture us. So, how do you feel about this iteration of your Toronto Maple Leafs? I mean, you've watched them struggle over the years. You got this group that hasn't been able to get over the hump. Is this is this the group for you? Do you like the way they're built? I I do. I, I mean, I, I throughout. Parts of the season, I was like, oh, wow, they're really responsible defensively. Even when everyone was hurt, I was like, wow, this is like a good, this is a team that's built for now. And I was, to me, that was exciting because I I don't care. 
I don't think they can win if they try to outscore everybody. I think they're they're a little too vulnerable at, on the back um, for me. Uh, I, I don't think. I mean, it was great. I think Samsonov stole Game Six, but I don't. I, I wouldn't count on that happening all the time. And so I was a little encouraged as the season went on that they were playing well defensively. And I actually don't think they've played particularly well in the playoffs. I think maybe two games that I watched, I was like, oh, okay. Game two in the first round, and then I think I, they, they played okay in game six, I thought. But I thought they could have easily lost all three games in Tampa. Um, but I think having O'Reilly and I think having Achari and, you know, there's some guy and, and, and I just think there's players who make it easier to come back because I, I don't know if that was in the DNA of the team a couple of years ago. So they can win tight games now. But I preferred if they just... Like in this series, I think they should just steamroll them. I think they're a better team, and I think they should play that way. I think they played on on uh, whenever the last game was, just sort of not to lose. And I think that's not – they're not going to beat them that way. They have to play like the better team. We're talking to Kevin Zegers, Canadian actor and lifetime Maple Leaf fan. So what is it like in Hollywood, uh, like when you're not texting me about the Leafs, who's out there that uh, – that are huge hockey fans that you can share your intense knowledge on what's wrong with the Leafs. <laughs> well, I play in a, I play in a men's league uh, out here twice a week, so there's a it's mostly Russian guys, um, but there's some <laughs> Canadian guys, a few guys from Toronto. So we uh, we we go at it a little bit. So there's like two uh, guys from Toronto who play in my league. So we we talk about the Leafs. Um, but not really anyone. He, I mean, I play a lot out here, but, um, you know, most people are Kings fans out here and I don't, you know, I don't want to talk about that. Because <laughs> yeah. really it is Will Farrell is a big hockey fan out there. Is it Matthew Perry? It's a, yeah. there is some sort of select group. You're your own niche club, so right? When do we see you come to a Scotiabank Arena with your face painted blue and white, like Will Farrell does uh, for the, the Kings? I'm, I'm ready. I mean, you know? I'm, I, I told Disney, I work for Disney ABC and our, you know, they, they own the, the league now, to, you know, to the airing of the league. So I told them, you know, send me up there. I mean, it's, it'll cost me a paycheck to buy a ticket, which is fine, <laughs> but, um, I will, uh, I'll happily spruce up the, uh, the, the suits in the bottom ring. Cause it's good. I, I have noticed. I mean, maybe you guys have noticed that too. It's very quiet in Toronto. Yes. Yeah, and we're is that, is that a thing or am I just yeah, imagining? Yeah, no, you're right, and it's because Kip and his friends are there. It's Bay Street <laughs> still cutting deals, you know. Yeah, eating sushi and sipping uh, we, martinis. Yeah. We we do need you because we're tired of the Beeb and his uh, no, his life raft jackets. <laughs> Uh, I'm more of a, maybe I'm more of a grown up, but no, he's a but he plays in my league occasionally. He subs in when he's in town and. He's a he he really knows. I will give him credit. He's a he's a big hockey head. So he he knows everything about everything. So he can tell you you know why Lafferty is not playing. And you know he's he's like he he knows a lot about everything. So I will give him credit for that. So at least he knows the here. You know you go to a Kings game and half the people are there's like a one on three and everyone's cheering and you know it's a little bit kind of. And people have a lot of sorts about the the game. And um, so I, I prefer to, but I'd love to go. I mean, I'll, I'll be there. I, 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 I haven't been home in a while since COVID actually. So I need to get back and um, I would definitely come back uh, 
maybe in the third round. Ooh, conference final or Stanley Cup final. So if, if you're out yeah. there with if you're out there with the Beeb, like and, and you slash him, would like seven security people come like right in your face? No, because he's from Stratford, right? So we kind of know each. Like I, I I grew up in Woodstock, which is a couple towns over from Stratford. So when he was um, when he was younger, growing up in Stratford, I, I I was a child actor, so he kind of knew of me. So there's a couple of us who can get some wax in on him because he meet you know he the thing with us like you know famous young people is like we need a whack every once in a while and so uh especially when you're playing hockey because he dangle you know he's a dangler and nobody, <laughs> everyone kind of stays everyone kind of stays away from him but you know you except can give pronger him except pronger chris pronger except pronger and uh uh Sheldon Surrey plays with us occasionally, so he'll Ooh. give him. A, he's happy to. Nice. He's happy to give him. A, All right, Cap. So uh, what's the score tonight? And uh, Leafs going down to Florida, zero and two, or is this thing one one? I think they're going to win six to two tonight, Ooh. and I yes. think they're going to. And I think they're going to win both games in Florida. Awesome, awesome. Love it. Yeah. All right. So they're a better we... team. They're a better team. They just need to play with it. They need to come out and just sort of establish the fact that. Okay, so this, uh, is, not, this is not Tampa. We got to give you a plug here before we uh, let you go. Here, it's Rookie Fed, right? Seen on Tuesday nights on ABC. Yeah, Tuesday nights on. I think it's on CTV in Canada. So awesome. Um, and uh, ABC down here in in, uh, in the states. Enjoy the game, man. Uh, thanks for coming on and spending some time with of us. Of course. Appreciate Kipper, your great time. To talk to you. And Bourne, uh, I read your book. It's fantastic. Oh, um, thanks, I'm, man. Uh, big big fan. So um, keep doing your good work. I watch your show on YouTube every day. So. Uh, I'll I'll keep it up. Keep doing the good work. Hey, Kev, appreciate that do, so much. Do you mind like do you mind just touching a, a little bit that you can kind of relate to to our boy here, Justin Bourne, a little bit? Yeah, no, I uh, two days ago I celebrated twelve years of sobriety. So wow, um, congratulations! Yeah, yeah. Man. that's Congrats, awesome. That I, think is. That, I think when I first met you, I was pre I was pre that. So I think you <laughs> I think I was uh, guys, I was just, well lubricated when guys, I was talking to you, you about hockey. The last share some time. stories, and uh, I, I want to <laughs> yeah, hear exactly. them all. <laughs> yeah. uh, you you can. There's plenty. Um, so yeah, gr- uh, great book though. I, I just finished it a couple weeks ago. So um, uh, thanks, man. That's awesome. We appreciate the support. Thanks for coming on, Kevin. Of course. Enjoy right, the I'll game tonight, to man. Thank you. Take care, Kevin Zegers, Canadian actor, Woodstock, Ontario. Does a terrific job of representing hockey in Hollywood. I wonder if he's in like the Manhattan Beach area. I got a buddy that played in the skate out there. It's a weird crowd, right? Sheldon Surrey, Justin Bieber. That's cool. Seegers. That's really cool, right? I would I sell tickets cool. for that if it were in Toronto. <laughs> Beaver. That is a top five sports photo of all time. Pronger Stronger, absolutely annihilating Beaver into the board. The smile <laughs> so awesome. the smile on Pronger's face could light up ten rooms. Well, you know what it is, is because Bieber kind of has the this is just a terrible analogy in this day and age, but if you ever watched the the Russian videos where they let Putin skate around, yes. like you don't want to hit Bieber because he has Bieber. that vibe. You don't want to be the guy who and Pronger's like, whatever. I'm you know, doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> the Beeb is almost like one of those guys. That... He's not the Beeb, Kipper. What is he? It's the Beebs. It's Beaver. It's not the Beeb. <laughs> no one's, ever, me no one's ever called him the Beeb in his life. The Beebs. <laughs> there you go. There we go. The Beebs <laughs> yes. seems to me like one of those guys who thinks under different circumstances in his life he could have played pro hockey. Yeah, it's always offensive to me. <laughs> Isn't that right? For sure. Those guys, like, yeah. Where you could have stuck a guitar in my hands when I was like, like out of the womb. 
and I was never going to be a, a musician. Yeah, well, listen, they stuck a stick in his hands, and he was never going to be a <laughs> hockey player. So you don't have to feel too bad about that. Yeah, but he's got that, you know. I would definitely rather be a famous musician than I'm really, a hockey player for sure. See, That's a fun question. If he didn't love the Leafs so much, he'd be in on Ottawa for Beaver? sure. Yeah. Bieber Everybody could probably else outright is. buy it. I mean, I don't know what kind of money Justin Bieber has, but like... Feels like a lot. Not kind of rich, You can't right? be worth $2 billion and spend a billion of it on a team. You gotta have deeper, deeper pockets. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Don't you think? Well, yeah, you're making sense there. It's a lot of money. Half of your wealth on an Ottawa Senator team it seems dicey. And if you might want to build a new ring too, I'd probably a bill. Yeah. Good thing is people are pretty good at hustling governments to help I there. I can't believe. Like, I think was it you that said this before the show? Has the Rock and have they been to Ottawa? I know the Canada. How about Snoop? Did anybody tell him? That there's no smoking in the building. <laughs> <laughs> He'll find a way. He's the owner. If he's the owner, he, yeah, there will be. If there's an owner. Highly ventilated pockets yeah. of the arena. <laughs> Snoop zone. The Snoop zone. <laughs> they should market that. Call it the Snoop zone. The Snoop section. Ontario. All legal. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we Where have did a you bomb find that? Drop. <laughs> Did you did you record that from the cafeteria? I can't believe you asked me where I find that. I have a trove of things here. <laughs> yeah. No, he didn't that wasn't a drop. That was just Derek uh, just sitting in the back. It may have been like Did you hey, <laughs> hey, did, did you uh did you, did you mic the last board meeting here? <laughs> it was just a lot of screaming and stuff, so. <laughs> All right, Sammy. Uh, uh 4-2 you nailed the score. Mm-hmm. I am putting you right back. In the spotlight. I don't want to say what I'm thinking, so I'll say what I don't think. Well, no, 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 no. That's not what our show's all about. No, we're authentic. That's why our reads are so bad, because we're authentic. (laughs) I'm going cats again tonight. Oh, I can't. Was he doing a bit now? Reverse psychology now. Cats, four to three. Give me the cats. (laughs) Meow. <laughs> to be clear, people have texted me saying you're not allowed to meow ever again on the show. That's fair. Like that's yeah. very fair. Well, now that it's a drop, it's unstoppable. Yeah, no drops. Listen, that's Derek's call. He's he he's the cruise director over there. <laughs> so if he drops it, he drops it. But you personally cannot meow any longer. And I don't. And I don't think. I don't think. It means that the series is over by any stretch of the imagination, but I do, I do worry Listen, again about tonight. You, I, they th- go, this... they go down zero and two. I, I don't know where you get your confidence on on winning the series. I got to be honest with you. I wouldn't say I'm confident down 0-2 on both on home ice, but no, I'm, I'm not getting confidence out of him. His, it's either confidence or outright fear. Does the effort and commitment out of Sammy as a fan here, kind of mailing it in? I don't care, whatever. The, this whole bit. I don't like it. Doesn't make me feel good. Okay, to be honest, to be honest, up. to be honest, fellas, like this is how far down in my own head I am. When I was optimistic, they lose. When I'm, they're not. I'm not optimistic. Oh. They win. I don't know if I'm still doing a bit. I don't know if I am doing a bit. Like I'm so twisted. <laughs> no, you're sounds. twisted and confused. I'm twisted, <laughs> right? I'm twisted. But I'm opening my mouth and things are coming All out. Right, I'll tell you what I, I think. Hold on, just to finish off. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This tells us exactly how hurt and. Damaged yeah. he is. <laughs> yes, he needs therapy. 
I don't but think the, therapy do you think would, sports therapy could be a thing? I don't. I don't think it could help him. It's too far gone. It's too far gone. Yeah, the knot's tied. You can't. I'm listening. What yeah. are you going to ask me about? Uh... I don't ask you anything. I was going to tell you what I think. Yeah, I think the Leafs are going to pump him tonight. So Kevin Zeger said six two. He did. Are, are you in their ballpark? Is yeah. That... Let me just co-sign Kevin's great call. I will tell you guys after seven minutes. Cowardice. Seven minutes. Okay, seven. I'm no, listen, I, I, I said 5-2 in the game one for the Leafs. Yeah. I'll, I'll say 5-2. Okay. We, and we will text you after seven minutes. Get your take. Who's going to start the game for the Leafs tonight? You know Kachuk's going back out there. I'll be surprised if I don't see Bunting, Matthews, Matthews Marner. and Marner. McCabe and Brody. I'll be surprised. Should be Riley and Shen, though. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right. Sorry. Just like that, we are done. And we are getting ready for game two. Toronto Maple Leafs, Florida Panthers. Here we go again. Our thanks to Mike Kelly. Our thanks to Dale Talon and Kevin Zegers. Very enjoyable show. Really fun show. Let's hope everybody has a fun night watching NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. We're back tomorrow on The Real Kipper and Bourne Show.